Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you done yet? We gotta start the show. Everyone's fans, welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. It is Sunday, February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day, folks, 2021. This is episode 216, brought to you by show sponsor betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50 to get some sweet uh, bonuses for your gambling needs. Um, Big show today, big guest. It is Valentine's Day, so I am absolutely thrilled every week to be... uh, uh, joined uh, by a beautiful woman, Heather Ingerson. And uh, Heather, how's it going? Happy Valentine's Day. Hope everything is good with you. Oh, happy Valentine's Day too, brother. That was very nice of you. Yes, happy Valentine's Day to you guys. And um, yeah, you know, Sunday, Bruins hockey. I'm going to rely on you guys for the Islanders game, but that's okay. And uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's inter- let's get our guest in here. Let's Absolutely. And another beautiful Bruins fan is Maria from Watertown. We are so happy to have Maria back on the program. She's a good friend of ours and a great hockey knowledge out there. And I'm uh, pumped to have her aboard. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Happy Valentine's Day to both of you. I hope your sweethearts were uh, very sweet to you today. Um, thank you for having me back. I'm stoked and excited to be uh, to be back talking talking some hockey. Absolutely, we're uh, we're so happy to have you back, and uh, I'm glad to hear that you're doing well. Um, but before we get on uh, the uh, Bruins hockey talk, I do want to mention that today is the day that we're giving away a signed Jerry Cheevers jersey. So please stay to the end when we announce the winner and. It's going to be a signed puck this week for our weekly giveaways. Um, not sure which one it's going to be yet. I have a ton of pucks here, so I'll pick a nice one and send it out to the winner. But before we do that, we do have to talk about show sponsor BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time update, odds, and props, and almost anything you can imagine. 
BetOnline.ag has you covered from all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use the mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 to receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sports book experts. So let's get into the hockey talk. I am absolutely stoked to be joined by two lovely ladies and great knowledgeable Bruins fans today. So it's a good day. Let's get going. Uh, Heather, why don't you uh, take uh, orchestrate and the uh, yeah orchestrate? Please orchestrate the agenda as we move forward. <laughs> Guy, don't doubt the words when you are right with the words too, guy. Oh, I know, be, I know. It's I'm my, like, it's, no, that's the. I fumble. <laughs> no, I'm like that's the Heather, right he's word. He's so dumbfounded. <laughs> he's so dumbfounded by our beauty. He's at a loss for words. Yeah, he really. That's it. Like, that's it. Keep, keep focused, Mark. We're gonna need you. <laughs> lucky. I mean, Courtney's lucky because she gets two hours by herself. That's our Valentine Day to her. Get two other girls to rest. True her. that. Okay. Well, let's just start off like we kind of do. General recap. Uh, we played two games versus the Rangers Wednesday and Friday. Two very kind of tale of two different kind of games. Uh, but um, just generally speaking, let, let's talk about some things like DeBrusque was back, Grizz goes back, but now Grizz is not back anymore suddenly, and we're playing rotating defense again. Uh, let's talk about Tuca, what's going on with him, and uh, let's just kind of recap the Rangers' first game. That was the Tuca, oh, I thought we were behind and they were pulling me game. <laughs> Go ahead, Maria. First, you're our guest. Go right ahead. <laughs> so my take on these games from, from the perspective of the back-to-back standpoint, it just seems like, you know, the first game of the back-to-back um, starts off kind of a little bit slow and a little bit of a failing out type of scenario. And then once the players get a sense for what direction the game is going in. It seems like all of a sudden you see that, bam, the intensity hits and they ratchet up their skating, their playmaking. I actually like the intensity and kind of like the, some of the snarl that winds up building up for that second game of those, of those back-to-backs. I don't know how you folks feel about that. And I, I have to say, I'm liking um, some of the angry that carries over when and, you know, kind of boils up to a little bit of the, you know, the old school hockey, the fisticuffs. You know, I, I miss that in hockey. I enjoy watching it. And before people get all crazy and calling me barbaric, there's a certain aspect of fighting that needs to be in the game when it's done appropriately. I'm not saying, you know, go out and knock anybody's block off that comes near you. But, you know, given that there are no fans in the stands, and it's got to be so hard for these players to get ramped up without hearing a crowd. If this is the way they want to do it, then so be it, because I'm enjoying watching it. Absolutely. I'm a um, big fan of this type of hockey myself. Because uh, there's a lot of Bruins fans out there that are from uh, certain eras of time where the Big Bad Bruins was really prevalent, all right? And, um, uh, yeah, I used that one wrong, too. Um, but 
this is the type of response that you need by internally. If you're, if you're poking the bear, you bring it right back in their face. This is not a need for the enforcer type or the Ryan Reeves or anything like that when you can lean on a player like that to really help out later on in the playoffs if, if you make it. We're not talking about that right now, but what what's happening internally is good signs of we don't need a player like that. If this continues, and like you said, the snarl, the aggressiveness, the we're not going to be pushed around, um, you're going to see a lot of this coming out in a lot more teams because we're going to be seeing these these clubs in this new division so frequently that's going to be boiling over to some hockey that we probably haven't seen in years. And I'm, I'm on board with it. I'm totally on board with it. Uh, just to uh, wrap up on the, uh, for me, on the Rangers thing, uh, I thought Jake DeBrusque came back and with a bee in his bonnet. And I hate to use that word because Jack Edwards does it all the time. But um, no, he, he looked <laughs> like he was sharp. And, and a lot of folks saying that this was probably his best game in a, in a while. And uh, he really showed it. So he's buzzing around there. Uh, Tuka Rask, what happened? I don't know. Did you eat a gummy guy before the uh, game or the, before the third period started? What the hell? Like, what the hell? Oh, what? Listen, it, it's, it was funny at the time, and we can all laugh about it after the fact because the Rangers didn't put the puck in the empty net. But can you all imagine what the narrative would have been if the puck went in the net, Tuka would have been eviscerated eviscerated from there wouldn't have been a speck of meat left on his bones if the rangers had put the puck in the net dude what are you doing you got to be better than that well i'm laughing because i'm going do you not also have the giant scoreboard with the score on it that everybody else can see it's like right there it's not like i you know he well he said he had to tell yarrow something real quick you right you know that i mean but at least he wasn't like oh i don't know what happened he was like yeah man i fucked up you know excuse my language but um that was kind of funny to get back to like the old school thing like you said is like that's kind of like obviously at varying degrees like we remember when hockey was like you did play people kind of closer to get, you only played the eight teams or whatever you played and you played them over and over and over again a lot. It wasn't, you played every team's X amount of time and in your division this many times. And I agree with you, Maria, I love fighting, but when it's done right, I don't like when it's just a fight, just to have a fight. Like that's entertaining, but like not what I need. You need what, like Mark said, it's the right time for a purpose. Like you said, it fighting should be done right. And if it is like, let's get into it. Let's say, what do you think on the Friday night fights? Who was better, Frederick or, L- or Lausanne? What do you think? Both great, great uh, throwdowns. Who do you think won that one-two punch on their respective? I got to give it to Lausanne on that one. He was connecting really me, good. Me too, man. He's a beast. Yeah. He's a beast, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. a Freddie fan too and everything, but that was Lausanne was just really connecting and he was looking at his punches, looking at where to go. Uh, Freddie to me sometimes just throws those haymakers, but when he connects, it's going to freaking hurt, you know, but, uh, yeah, I got to give it to Lozon on this one. Yeah, that he was crazy in the zone on that fight. Um, I don't think it was Frederick's fault. I think his fight just didn't quite pan out the way it was probably in his own head. But like, again, two examples of game two snip, 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 you know what I mean? Things have already been building and there were a lot of penalties in that second game too. There was like 37 minutes we spent in the box. Um, I mean, we're 
We're a little out of order on the agenda thing, but I guess bringing that up with the penalties, should Lozon have gotten the extra misconduct? I, I, I'm not I call sure. bullshit. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> I sure on that either. on that call, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Cassidy said he was told that Lozon, that he wouldn't stop fighting. And I'm like, but everybody watching it knows it was like most fights are. Both dudes are fighting and then they break up respectively. Like, I didn't see... Um, What's his name? I can't think of his name. Uh, Bushnevich. Oh, Pavel Bushnevich. Thank you. I can't say it. Sorry. This is part of my brain's a little slow right now because of the thing. But um, yeah, I I don't know why I couldn't think of that. I apologize. But like, it didn't look like he was trying to get away and break it up. And then you know, Jeremy just kept like no, like a crazy person. Like that didn't happen. Although I do think Trent Frederick would have kept going if they would have let him. He was pissed after that. Um. Okay. Do you, well, do you know what I think happened? I, I think the refs looked at that and said, this is just my own personal opinion. Oh, the big guy kicked the crap out of the smaller guy. So therefore we've got to throw extra time at him. That That's what it looked like to me. Um, yeah. How about, okay. So DeBrusque, he's looking good since he's been back. You know what I mean? He's looking healthy. He's in the play. Um, what about, What's up with Grizzlick? Are, are we getting concerned about Matt Grizzlick being on the ice long enough to, you know what I mean? I mean, it's a short season. And what do you think's going on? Is he getting more injuries? Or do you think maybe they're trying to get him back and maybe he's not quite ready? So it's like you tweak it and redo it. What do you guys think's going on with Matty Grizzlick? We, uh, go ahead, Maria. We talked so about this I, earlier. Uh, we did. And, um, you know, Obviously, Grizzlick is a key cog in this Bruins team this year, you know, and, and, you know, you don't want to dub a guy something, but, you know, he's obviously the Tory Krug 2.0. And I looked up a little stat on the Bruins power play just to show how critical I think he is deemed to be. In the last four games, the Bruins have had 10 power play opportunities. They are over zero power play goals in the last last 10 opportunities. So this, this kid is needed in the lineup. Now, you know, I, I called one of my regular, you know, sports talk radio shows on Saturday and I asked Bob Beers and judge Surratt, you guys got have any inside information on what's going on with this kid? Is it the same injury? Is it a different injury? Are we concerned about his durability and it's very unlike the Boston Bruins, too, to um, keep trying to put the kid back in the lineup if it's the same injury, because their modus operandi in the past is to hold a guy out sometimes, you know, longer than we think they should hold the guy out. So, you know, I, nobody's saying anything, but it's, it's a little bit troubling at, at this point in time. Yeah, it almost seems like he's getting to a point where he's healthy enough to go out for pregame skate, but then something happens. Um, something's either getting re-aggravated or or, 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 or it could be a new injury. This is the these are the days of um, of the upper and lower body um, terms, and it's so hard to figure out what is actually bothering him uh, without being a part of the medical team. But uh, yeah, I mean that stat right there is perfect uh, facts that. Uh, this team struggles without him, regardless of the narrative of the, he's not a good defenseman, and he, and he probably 
uh, shouldn't be in the lineup anyway. Uh, that's just some, from a lot of uh, the crazy folk out there. But this um, Matt Grizzlick adds a, a great value to this club, uh, and it, it's a, he's an offensive defenseman, and he's got good transition. So th- that's always needed on on the back end in today's NHL. I think he probably got it because Bruce Cassidy had said he had a different injury. So like when he got hurt, came back and got hurt, he said it's a different injury or that he had done in, uh, I think he had done it in practice, actually done something and like aggravated. I can't quite remember. So I feel like he had whatever that was, but now he's got one that's like a nagging reoccurring one. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? They're not saying anything, but Maria's right. Their MO is to keep you out longer if necessary. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, at this point, I think Andre Kasha is back in the Czech Republic because, he's, you know, no, you really, I'm just kidding. He's been around, but you know what I mean? Like they haven't even talked about him. They've only been fielding the people who right. might be able to get on the ice. Um, but Grizzlick is so important. And the thing about Grizzlick is I've always said he's not Tory Krug, right? But one of the arguments is that Grizzlick is a better defensive player than Tory Krug. It's like he's got some of his offensive prowess, you know what I mean? But he's better on his back end. So, Mark, to your point, I agree with that. Like, he's not a good defenseman. Like, this is ridiculous. You're only saying that because everyone... Like, no offense to the young kids. They've been doing great on defense. But that's because they're out and, you know, he's out. You're seeing them more. And he hasn't been in long enough to fill back his role, to remember why you wanted him here. And I've wanted to protect, like, the whole time he's been here. You know, I'm like, please resign him. Please protect him. Like, you know, things like that. So, I don't know. Hopefully he gets well soon because I don't, you need to, because it's a short season, like, we need him to be healthy for at least half the season so that he's, ready for the playoffs for the durability aspect because he's not really a player that's often injured if he's injured it's usually a game or two and then he's back in he's not one of those traditionally six week kind of guys so i don't know that's just something to look forward to um okay besides tuka being hilarious what was up with the rock paper scissors thing with marshawn and zabinajed seven minute standoff and i for one say this is the fun stuff that hockey players can do without talking out of turn or whatever just like i mean he's zabinajed sitting there taping his stick you know whatever marshawn just like stretching out his hip flexors or whatever that was funny i don't know if you guys enjoyed that because it was one of the best parts of said game i think i absolutely i absolutely loved it and what i the explanation that i heard was that both guys are extremely superstitious and need to be the last one off the ice and so that's what stirred up the standoff where they're both like looking at each other like which one of us is gonna go because we both have the same superstition and I thought it was awesome. I would love to see more glimpses of things like that, um, you know, between the interactions between between the players. You know, we see we see a lot of it with the Behind the Bee series, um, with, with the Bruins and having, you know, a guy mic'd up here or there. But um, that, to me, I, that was like laugh out loud stuff as far as I was concerned. Yeah, same here. I, I'm a big fan of stuff like that. And and as a former goaltender, never pro beer league hero here. Uh superstition is 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 real. And uh yeah, when you when you uh when you love your red posts and uh they save your ass once in a while, yeah, you believe in that stuff. But um I like the go I like the back and forth like uh you see videos of like um the Dallas Stars when they play the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, uh, former Bruin Tyler Sagan and um, Mike Shifley, they're constantly doing stuff like that. So, and it's funny. 
that they, uh, they'll uh, do the rock, paper, scissors, but then one will lose, and then one will hop back out in the ice and uh, jump back off again. So it's, it's always good. Good, fun NHL stuff. Yeah, I liked uh, at the end when Zabinadad like waved him off. Like, remember there was a time had someone done <laughs> that. Brad Marshawn would have got kicked out of the game before it started. Oh no, I am getting off the ice last because I just knocked you back into the thing. But yeah, no, that's the good fun. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, this goes back to the argument. Like, hockey players are allowed to have personalities, and maybe you got to balance it, especially the generation that's social media, you know, driven. All the young kids, but. Maybe you got to manage it a little bit. There's nothing wrong with like, whatever. Brett Burns likes barbecue and steaks. I enjoy seeing Brett Burns steaks that he got off his ranch and cooking, you know, like little things like that. Like you said, we see it with our team, but it would be fun to see. Like, I'd love to see what the Kachuk brothers are saying to each other on the ice. That would be awesome. Like, you know what I mean? Just like that kind of thing. So, all right. That being that, um, I did not get to watch. Uh, oh, actually, there is one that's on here kind of twice, but I believe it it applies more towards the Rangers situation and kind of some reviews that happened all week in the NHL. But um, the TV angles are concerning, uh, like, the review calls. Uh, and about, I know, Maria, you had mentioned this, right, about you're done with video review. Like, at this point, like, what's up with it? It's just not you know, it's not working or whatever, but for the, that, especially that high stick goal for the Rangers, like, was that questionable because that, or even just reviewing, like, I've seen a few goals in the last week or two that clearly are goals, but they're called no goal and they let it stand, but it's, you can see it hit, you know what I mean? In the net behind the line. Like it's, I don't know. So anyways, what is your thoughts on that guys? Our guest? I, 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 I'm done with it. I, I'm really, really done with it. It, to me, it is borderline um, a farce and an embarrassment as far as I'm concerned to the game and to the players on the ice. When you have all this technology, you have all this technology and you spend countless minutes going over something from each and every angle and you still don't get it right. Then let's take it in a next step. You realize that you've gotten it wrong. You come out after the fact and say you got it wrong. Why can't you come out and say that during the course of the game and remedy the wrong? And I'm specifically referring to uh, something that happened between the Carolina Hurricanes and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Okay, that that to me was one of the biggest jokes that has occurred with video review. So you come out and you say to the hockey world, yes, we screwed up. Shouldn't have been um, the goal should have been called back. The, the penalty, the delay again penalty should have been called back. So you only correct half of it. You come back at the end of the period and you say, okay, we're going to wipe out the rest of the delay a game penalty, but we're still going to let the goal stand, even though, well, the two go hand in hand and Columbus loses the game by one goal. And then John Tortorella can't even say a word about it because he's been muzzled by the league. So if he even opens up his mouth and dares to criticize any NHL official anymore. God only knows how much they're going to find him. 
But Patrick Laine didn't hold back and said that it was a bleeping joke. And he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. I would give you more credit, NHL and NHL officials, if you came back at the end of the period and went over and said, mea culpa, we got the whole thing wrong, dude. The penalties wiped out and the goal is coming off the board too. That would have been the right thing to do. I, I, I don't understand any of this anymore. Uh, for me, it's the technology that you talked about, Maria, a little while ago. And, um, and I get that there's uh, many different angles about this. Um, but there's, there's an arena with no fans in it. You should be utilizing that space and putting a camera right on the goal line. <laughs> to see how high a stick is, or if it's above the shoulder. In this instance, it wasn't, uh, we're talking about the uh, the Rangers one, the, it was tipped by a high stick and it was above the uh, crossbar, but it wasn't above the shoulders. So that fact, it, and, and then it hit a Bruins player on the way down, and then the Ranger uh, pushed it into the net. I get that, but if that if that was way back there, did you see the angles that they were looking at? They were so far away. That camera was like literally center ice. Where is this camera here, here on the goal line to do all this justification? I don't get it either. That's well, one not thing. only that, not only that. You know, my understanding is there's a freaking war room in Toronto where they're looking at everything. And, and the screens are supposed to be huge, from what I heard. Maybe I'm wrong. But my God, if you're going to utilize video review, okay, and you got the officials looking on these little tablets and stuff, go call Toronto. Get some help or have Toronto calling you in saying, sorry, guys, you got it wrong. You got it wrong. You got it wrong. You need to fix it. Well, why bother doing it? Just, just rely on the human eye. Because we, isn't that what we're still doing, even with the technology? Yep, exactly. I, I, I was going to say that it drives me nuts. And I know, Mark, you're not a big football person, but it's not like you've never watched it. So, like, football is a sport where they have everything is videotaped. They have drones. They have like just three million camera angles. So when they review things, like I'm just saying, it's a sport that remedies its issues. There's a way to challenge without really being, you know, penalized. There's the people who are on. The field, okay, they are paying attention. So, like, they'll call each other on it, right? Oh, you got that call wrong. You know what I mean? This and that. But I agree with you. There's supposed to be actual people whose jobs is to be reviewing all the footage, and we're always told they get all the angles. We might not see all the angles, right? Okay. And so then why can't you, like you said, come back if it was wrong, say it was wrong, if it was right, why can't you provide you know, so say it was called no goal on the ice, it gets challenged, and it really, really was a goal. Why can't you just provide the secret footage to prove that or disprove it? But in the case of Columbus, I cannot believe Torts hasn't been fired because he's having a year, and that is, a, like you said, they will crucify him if he opens his mouth about this stuff. But you're not, like you said, it's not a remedy. Like, you're making the situation worse, actually, how you resolve a lot of penalty issues. And that is just ridiculous because it can't be that hard to determine if it was a goal, no goal, if it was high stick or not. You know what I don't need? Uh, people's information to be tracked in the pucks. I need you to have, like Mark said, why can't there always be a camera embedded 
You know what I mean? There's got to be a way with technology now. You can put a remote camera in the side of the boards with the plastic over it or whatever. So you can see, is it indeed, you know, like you said, to remedy things like, is it above the crossbar but below the shoulder? Did it go in a non... Like, it just seems to me like the NHL, they do like, they want to do these crazy weird technological things, but they can't even handle simple review calls without making their case for why the league sucks at doing review calls worse. That's just, I guess, my point. Either don't do it at all or and, and, do Yeah, and you know, the other thing that bothers me, and, and I don't think that I'm alone on this, they don't even have the common courtesy or the cojones to give you an explanation. You know, and I've heard it many, many times, you know, listening to broadcasts or listening to games on the stream. These, these guys are professionals. They're calling games, right? And they can't even be provided with the explanation from the officials about why a play went the way that it went. So to me, the NHL is, has, has got to be better. They, they need to be better um, because if, if, if they don't improve upon this, they're going to continue to be like fourth in line in, in professional sports in terms of how they handle stuff like this. I'm sorry, and I love the NHL, but you look like a bunch of keystone cops when you do things like this. Oh, so just real quick, there's not a lot to talk about. Jersey hasn't played in a while. These are just our upcoming games this week. Um, we're supposed to play Jersey allegedly, maybe if they're playing uh, on the 18th, and then we're supposed to go to Lake Tahoe to play Philly. Um, I just wanted to real quickly before we go, um, do you think we're playing Jersey or do you think they still will be in quarantine? Um, no idea. I mean, th- th- this, this entire COVID situation is such um such a moving target and I don't even want to call it fluid because it doesn't even seem to be like the right, the right word to use, but it's such a moving target. And right. Honestly, um, I would rather that the NHL and the devils are on the side of caution because, you know, right now the Bruins knock on wood, haven't had any issues that we have heard about related to COVID protocol or having players on COVID protocol. And I prefer to keep it that way. Um, and uh, real quick per uh, NHL rumors, NHL rumor daily. This is a guy's a pretty good um, source of information, um, but he, uh, still monitoring the Lake Tahoe game and the flyers as of last contact to a league source. The NHL still expect the flyers to be there. fluid situation. Yeah. So just wanted to add what that. A joke. Yeah. Yeah. Why, 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 why is NHL doing this? You can't have fans there. These players can't go out and do anything. So, you know, they're sending them to, you know, a beautiful area that they won't even be able to like take advantage of being there. What are they doing? Why are we doing this? Cause somebody needs to explain this to me. Cause it's network network's going to make a m- bunch of money on it. And it's, and it's good. It's a good negotiation tactic to get this next freaking TV deal coming up uh, next season. It's all befuddling to me. Uh, I agree with you. I don't, my team, and then they're talking maybe if the Philly, if Philly can't end up doing it to shove the Rangers there. And I'm like thinking, well, that doesn't make sense. Now you're endangering a totally different set of players because the Rangers have been, as far as I know, pretty good about the COVID protocol and everything else too, and haven't had any, I don't know. Um, we're going we're gonna to circle back to the Islanders game, but real quickly, I'm going to talk about our 
lovely ad read for Blue Chew. So, uh, you know, it's about sex. We like sex. I like sex. I don't know if you guys like sex. I think anyone over the age of, you know, appropriate age likes sex. But um, you know what happens sometimes? The sex may not be so great because in your head, maybe you're like on the breakaway and you're about to get the game winning goal in the Olympics or for the Stanley Cup or whatever. And you cannot get the shot off that you want. And maybe you have a little bit too much dangle and, you know, just, you know what I'm talking about. Let me tell you about Blue Chew because it's okay. Blue Chew can help you. They are the first chewable with the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them day or night, even on an empty stomach, so you're ready to go whenever you need to for the game winner. They are prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office or wait in line. And it's even cheaper than the pharmacy. They package it to you in discreet packaging, so you don't even have to leave your house. It's the fast and easy way to enhance your performance when it counts. And B&G listeners, just for you, go to bluechew.com, blue like the color, and put in black and gold, all capital letters, and you get your shipment for free. You just pay the shipping and handling, which is a great deal. Again, bluechew.com, black and gold, all capitals, and go. So that the next time that you're in the ozone and you're trying to get it through the slot and go five hole and get a good celly, it'll help you out. You'll have the confidence you need to go there. So thank you, Blue Chew. Next time, I swear I'll do that. I'm sorry. Thank you, guys. <laughs> thank you for your time. That I, it's, I'm trying. I, my brain, I'm trying to be alert and that... You did fine. You did fine. No, I was going to change it up this week and everything, but I just didn't get to circle back to it. And I'm like, I'm trying not to read, but I'm trying to talk to you. And I can see you guys in the corner. It's fine. But Blue Chew is, go check it out, my friends. Absolutely. Use the promo code. You know the drill. I'll get a a newer one next week when I have better time. I love the puns. You know the drill. (laughs) Yeah, I have a whole list of puns. We're going to switch them in. Okay, so we kind of skipped the Islanders game because the Islanders game was not so happy. It wasn't like, you know, when my BFF Nick Ritchie scored on the uh, Yarrow, we didn't even talk about Yarrow shutout versus the Rangers the other day, right? Nick Ritchie scoring the lone goal. Was it that unassisted, I think, too? Being the superstar, whatever. But uh, yesterday's game, not so much, right? So do you guys want to talk about the Islands? We lost four to two. And do you guys want to talk a little about the Islanders game? Again, I can't really throw in on this because I did not get to watch more than the nine minute recaps. So, um, for me, I was a little concerned about the, um, the addition of John Moore over Connor Clifton. I, I'm, and, and believe me, I don't think the addition to Connor Clifton would have made any difference. But it, it certainly didn't help the fact that John Moore hasn't played in a while. Uh, I think he needs to mm-hmm. get some rust uh, scraped off. Um, I think this was one of those rotational games that, uh, and, and back-to-back, too, uh, gives uh, Grizzlick a little more time to heal, mend, whatever. But I still think that Connor Clifton, with more games and increased confidence from the the uh, coaching staff has been playing well, and I kind of hard to see him taken out of the lineup in favor of somebody who's been uh, on the shelf and not really in the mix of uh, of a, a, a game by game uh, defensive rotation. So that was just my thing. The game was um uh, I don't know. It was just there was uh, it, it, more sixty minute effort, less uh, let's get uh, desperation with the last ten minutes of the game. I think they really have to spread that whole thing out. 
especially when it comes down to the end of the season with points are premium. And I know that's every game this season, but um, especially in the playoffs. So that's just my thought. Yeah, I, this is a this is a bit of a troubling pattern for the Bruins against the New York Islanders. I, you know, I, I don't know enough about the X's and O's of the game, but this Islanders team is a pain in the Bruins' ass. And I'm going to start with J.G. freaking Pajot, who basically was, you know, he he pretty much destroyed the Bruins last night single-handedly. Let, let, let's just start with that. The, the effort itself wasn't a bad effort. You know, they, they, they skated well for the most part. I think they had some defensive breakdowns, but I think that was from top to bottom, too. They were scrambling around in their own end a bit, which is not a good recipe for uh, the Boston Bruins when they're, you know, seemingly running around trying to chase the puck um, in, their own, in their own end. But, you know, the, the, the fact that they can't figure out the New York Islanders is more problematic for me than the effort itself was. Yeah, when I texted you or whatever and said, did we? Did the Bruins at least win? And you're like, nope. And I was like, of course they didn't win. We played the Islanders. That's ridiculous. Like, it's just something about the island that they just, especially there, they don't do well on Long Island. It's playing this team. Well, I don't I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the curse of Johnny Boychuk. Maybe uh. that's what it is. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I'm not trying to belittle the upcoming games. I'm just not positive they'll happen, but it's supposed to be on Thursday versus the Devils. They've only played nine games, but they're 4-3-2. and two. Not too bad, 10 points uh, for as many games as they played. Um, but the Flyers continue to do well. So they're, they played 13 games too, and they are on a one-game win streak, but they're still 6-2-2 two and two in their last 10. So... If that Lake Tahoe game goes off, that should hopefully be a game against the Flyers. Although, besides the like comeback action in the previous Flyers series, I've been a little disappointed with the Flyers-Bruins because that was the rivalry I was most pumped for. And I feel like it's been, like, I feel like the Rangers have been a dirtier series, you know, kind of nitty-gritty old-school series. So, hopefully that will go off, hopefully next Sunday. Uh, well, actually, you'll be doing double duty then if the Bruins play, right? Because Providence plays next Sunday. Oh, I, I didn't even think about that. What time and is the Tahoe? When, what time is that game? 3 p.m. And uh, everybody, 3 p.m. Even if you don't have cable, should be able to watch it because it's on. It should be on NBC. Oh, Those boy. kind of games usually are. Well, I got many but, TVs in this yeah. in this studio, so I'll be able to probably do the live stream and watch that game too, and and probably talk about them both. Who knows? Who knows? You know what I'm going to put here um, before we let Mark give us maybe a little update about what's going on. Um, Like I said, I'd like to carve out uh, some time for Mark to just kind of give a general gist of everyone, uh, everyone, what's been going on with everyone but the big bees, you know. Uh, But I had sent out a poll about the seventh player because I saw someone else mention something about it. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about the seventh player award. And uh, I said, so far, who is the seventh player winner? Now, you can only pick so many. So I picked Trent Frederick, Nick Ritchie, Jeremy Lauzon, and Belief in Nesta, because let's face it, until yesterday, Nesta had not let us down this whole entire season. So I still believe in Nesta. It's not your fault. It's probably my fault. I forgot to wear my socks. It was a little crazy, and I didn't get them on before game time. Um, But who do you think won? If you didn't see it, you're probably all shocked. I believe in I said Nesty. 
if you had to ask me, and I can't even believe I'm going to say this because I was so critical of this player um, after the Bruins got dumped out of the bubble last season, Nick Ritchie. I can't, I can't even believe I'm saying it, but I got to give the guy kudos because he's been busting his butt and yep. playing hard and, you know, going hard to the net, all the things that we expected him to do um, when he was, you know, brought into the fold last season. So, you know, at, the, at this point, I'd have to, I'd have to give my vote to him if, if I'm being asked. Um, as everyone knows, apparently it's a big controversy because I don't like Nick Ritchie. So I apologize to all the Nick Ritchie lovers. Okay. It's okay. Again, I, the funny thing is, is like last week I listened to, I'm like, I didn't even say anything bad. It was just the like, you know, like kind of haha because everyone knows I've said I don't like him. But I'm I, whatever. So, yeah, he won with 48 percent. But there were um, also like whatever, like everyone calm down. I mean, this is a fan base that half of the fan base thinks that they should trade their Venza winning fucking goaltender. So I don't even want to hear from you guys about my Nick Ritchie take. OK, I didn't say Bobby or I didn't say Bobby Hall was better than Bobby or some crazy shit like that. So everyone calm down. OK, welcome uh, to but- Twitter, Heather. No, but that's why I said to you, like, I I could care less if people come at me over Nick Ritchie. Okay, find a hobby, people. Okay, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, it's fine. Um, But there were some people that I got, uh, you know, kind of yelled at for not having on here. So besides everyone really loving Nick Ritchie and wondering why I don't, again, I'm a grown up. I don't have to explain. You're allowed to not like a player. Like, like, again, I mean, I don't want to be a jerk, but I like Messier over Gretzky. That doesn't mean I don't recognize why everyone says he's the great one, but I like Mark Messier better. It's just his style or whatever, and I like him. Same thing. Calm down. Nick Ritchie's playing well. I didn't say he wasn't playing well. I was more saying I'm aggravated because he is playing so well because he clearly can be better than what none of us were thinking he'd be at all because we couldn't see anything last year. You know, be fair, like I said. And I think I've also previously said, Nick Ritchie lovers, that he owed me two more good weeks of uh, hockey and then we were even Stevens. But everyone skipped that part. I'm just saying, if you're going to quote me out of context, don't forget <laughs> everything I've said. So, um, but I really got bitch slap on not having Kevin Miller on this list, okay? And someone even said he might win the Masterson. And you know what? If he stays healthy, you're goddamn right he should win the Masterson again. Not my favorite, but he has worked his ass off. He has made it this far into his bonuses and has not been re-injured. Thank goodness for him just generally as a human to not have to go through another injury. You know, so um, I got yelled at for him. Um, Zavoral, I'm glad that Zavoral is playing well because I like him and I've been wait. He's one of the young kids I've been waiting around to pop up and see what's going on. Um, but I was saying everyone's vote should be counted. Everyone loves Kevin Miller and Nick Ritchie. People have uh, mentioned that uh, Brandon Carlo has been playing quietly good and just kind of sitting back and doing his thing. But I feel like that's what I expect Carlo to do, exactly what Carlo's doing. So I don't know if he'd be a seventh player for me. Uh, But yeah, I really got bitch slapped on uh, the Kevin Miller. So I'm sorry. Like I said, I just wanted to throw in belief in Nestor. Next time I throw it out in another month, I'll make sure to replace belief in Nestor with Kevin Miller. Okay. Can we all be friends again? Also, <laughs> someone mentioned Yaroslav Halak. I don't want to not count their vote. Because Yarrow, but I don't know if Yarrow's playing above what I think he can do or he's just doing Yarrow things that I know he can do. I don't know. How do you guys yeah, feel let, about let, that? Let, let's, well, let's, let's just clear up what the definition of the seventh player award is. Okay. This, it's not who's your favorite player or who's your favorite player to hate. Um, 
and it's not a popularity contest. It's very specific. The award is given, and I'm reading right from um, the Bruins' definition. The award is given to a Bruins player who exceeds expectations and goes above and beyond the call of duty. Now, Kevin Miller, whatever my thoughts are about Kevin Miller, the Bruins brought him back. Great. But you know what, dude? You have to show me that you can play an entire season and stay healthy for an entire season before I start giving you an award like this. So, you know, in in your defense, I could see why he might not be there in the first go-round because, you know, he needs to be able to show, again, that he can exceed the expectation. And to me, maybe that means you playing a full season and staying healthy and contributing to the team regularly. That's just my two cents. Yeah, I just threw that out real quick as something. Uh, thank you. A lot of people voted, like four, 394 people voted. So thank you for voting in the fun little uh, poll. Um, and according to, I believe, Polly Walnuts, I need to do penance of being trapped with 24 hours with Jack Edwards for uh, not adding him to the list. So. Hoagie got you. I'm like, even worse, being trapped in a room with Pierre Maguire saying Adam Fox oh God. for 24 hours. And you know how I feel oh. sometimes like Jack Edwards. I love him because he's part of the family, but sometimes Uncle Johnny, I need you to be quiet. But that would be worse. And I already have an issue with Pierre Maguire. So his love for Adam Fox, nothing against Adam Fox, fine player. <laughs> you know, but everybody was complaining. Everybody was complaining about it. Get it together, Pierre Maguire. Okay, I'm sorry. Get it together, Heather Ingerson. You're in charge of this. So, Mark, would you like to give us a little update? I know you were live streaming the other day. Again, tried to catch a little bit of it, but. Yep, the Providence Bruins are, are off and running with their 2021 AHL season. They played in three games so far. Um, on Friday, February 5th, they won 4-1 to one over the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. On Thursday, February 11th, they lost 4 to nothing to the Hartford Wolfpack. And yesterday, came from behind a uh, 5-3 win over the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. And this is going to be repetitive, folks. There's only three teams in this division. It is the Providence Bruins, Hartford Wolfpack, and the uh, Bridgeport Sound Tigers. So these, uh, it's going to be a 26-game season. So like, uh, like up in the, uh, the NHL level, it's, you're going to see some nastiness when these teams are going to see each other so frequently but there's a lot of good things that i'm seeing down except for that thursday game against hartford uh i thought the effort was there but uh capitalizing was a huge uh uh, issue and uh keith kincaid uh, who's been an an ahl and an nhl goaltender really stole a show in this game um so i the Jakob Lauko has been playing very well down there. He leads the team in three games and points. Uh, he's been all over the place with great passing, good skating skills, and uh, a good um, a good mindset when it comes to uh, moving uh, north to south, east to west. Um, Jack O'Shawn's been really good uh, at defense. Jurho Vakanainen's been really impressive in his first three games of the season. Jeremy Swayman's been an up and down. I mean, he had a good first game. Uh, and not so good game against Bridgeport, but they came back and got the victory. So he settled in nicely for his second uh, career uh, American Hockey League win as a rookie. Um, but uh, uh, Jack Sinica was down, and his first game gets into a fight after a shoulder surgery. I thought that the timing of that was pretty rough, but uh, he did not back down when a teammate needed to... Um, 
he thought liberties were taken on him, so he went and, and got involved in it. So, um, you know, this uh, a lot of good things down in Providence. Uh, Robert Lantoshi's been playing well. Zach Sinishin's been playing well. Uh, Oscar Steen, wow, is he take a big leap uh, this season? And, uh, you know, that's expected. So uh, look for him to be in the mix when uh, when some departures happen in the next year or two up at the NHL level. Um, big Nick Wolf, he is, uh, as advertised, he's just a uh, monster out there. Needs to work on his skating skills, but uh, there's some other good shutdown uh, defensive style uh, to his game there. So, um, yeah. The, uh, the next game for the Providence Bruins, and these are all awkward times, and you can watch these games on AHL TV, and the majority of these games I will be live streaming, so you just check out my socials and uh, YouTube Live to, uh, to be a part of it and get in touch um, and you know, ask questions uh, in the live chat. But Friday, February 19th uh, is a 1 o'clock game uh, at Bridgeport. Sunday, February 21st, it's a 1 o'clock game at Hartford. Um, and uh, coming back home on the 25th at 1 p.m. as Bridgeport comes to uh, Marlborough, Massachusetts, the New England Sports Center, where the Providence Bruins are playing their home game. Mark, um, how's the goaltending situation? It's um, I like what I'm seeing from Jeremy Swayman. He's coming out of the NCAA. I think his work ethic over the summer in preparation for um, the professional hockey and that level was good. He's he's very strong. I wasn't impressed with uh, Dan Vladar's game when he came down to Providence and that Bridgeport four to nothing shutout. There was one goal that I thought he had. There wasn't much traffic in front of him. Beat him blocker side, um, but he hasn't been playing uh, at all. So he's been on the the Bruins like third goaltender and just practicing and getting workouts and so on, but no game action. And I think that that kind of affected him a little bit when he got brought down to Providence to play in that game versus Hartford. So uh, I think with more games, you're going to see a better Dan Vladar, and it's going to be a good tandem and so on. I think that this, uh, the goaltender that they signed over the offseason, Callum Booth, should be the guy up in the um, in the NHL level as that David Ayers type of uh, goaltender, the emergency, the e-bug, you know. Uh, while while Vladar gets time down in, in, in the American Hockey League uh, to keep playing and keep crafting his skill. He's a young goaltender that needs to be playing and not just practicing, in my opinion. But um, the goaltending, uh, I believe, is going to be um, is, is going to be good. I think we're going to look in at this as a sample size for the next year for the Boston Bruins to evaluate uh, how Vladar and Swayman are going to look because the contract years and expiring contracts of uh, Tuka Rask and, and Yaroslav Halak coming up this season. So uh, whether they need yeah. a whole season down at the American Hockey League to evaluate or maybe a little extra time, that might be uh, in- indicative of what the Boston Bruins want to do with um, Rask and Halak later on. Uh, whether signing Rask for one more or two more years is beneficial to more development for these uh, the next two uh, tandem, in my opinion. So hopefully, I answered your question. Yeah, no, no. I'm uh, the my my curiosity is peaked simply because you know we all know what where where Tuca stands contractually um, at the end of of this shortened season. So it, you know, I'm I'm a little not going to worry about it yet, um, but you know something to be 
kind of percolating in the back, and I'm sure Sweeney and company are also um, contemplating where where that position is going to go for the future. Well, I'll tell you something right now, Maria. I have full faith in what's going on now. Now, a couple of years ago, I didn't have much faith in the goaltending um, coaching. I Bob Asenza is a very good coach, but the addition of Mike Dunham, a former NHLer, former Nashville Predator, former UMaine um, alum, his addition to the staff of Bob Asenza has certainly paid dividends because I believe that the training aspect of these goaltenders has been um, a top-notch. And I think that if Mike Dunham was around while Malcolm Subban was in, in town, I think that he, he you would have gotten a better uh, Malcolm Subban and not just, um, you know, let's take a chance on the waiver wire and have somebody else come in and take him. Yeah, that poor kid turned into a puddle here. Yeah. It kind of makes me happy when I see him starting, like he started in Chicago or whatever, you know, like when he gets his chance because I do feel like sometimes the process, like you talk about, sometimes you just have to move a a prospect or whoever out of the particular system and a player can thrive or even any player, right? Like you always say, Charlie Coyle, you didn't love him when he first got here either, but you took him out of Minnesota or whatever. And he seems to have found a place to be and kind of open up more to the potential, you know, but look, but but look at Charlie Coyle's game on the right wing. That is exactly the game that he played for the Minnesota wild. And that's well, they the, were playing him wrong, the yeah, same way exactly. St. Louis plays Tory Krug wrong. And exactly no why wrong. Charlie Coyle yeah. should not be a right-winger on the Boston Bruins team. Plenty, yeah. well, plenty, plenty of things to, to consider there. Well, yeah, just generally, though, right? Like, use a player right. If you have a player, maybe sometimes it's not the player isn't meeting your expectations. Maybe you're just failing to use their skill set appropriately to help them be the most successful you know, like when you get a player, don't you acquire them for what their skill set is or whatever? You know what I mean? Yeah. Change it up a little. So like the so we looked and we're like, oh, Charlie Coyle's kind of struggling the right, you know, like that kind of play. Maybe we put him back in the middle. He'll be all right. And turns out that is his place because even here he looks out of water if you move him to the right side. Just leave mm-hmm. him where he be. Okay, that's that. And you know what, if if we're frustrated by, you know, these, these approaches sometimes where, you know, you've got players, you know, you've got, you know, someone who's a left shot defenseman and you move them to the other side or, you know, or someone who's a natural right winger and you move them to the other side. Can you imagine how frustrated that player must be feeling? And, you know, you just have to wonder, does that frustration, you know, sometimes get into your head as well, where, you know, game after game, you know, you might be hearing criticism, even though they say they, you know, they shut out the noise. But let's face it, you know, especially in Boston, sometimes we're very loud with that criticism. Right. And, you know, the, the frustration has to start mounting where you just get to a point where it's like, yeah, I can't seem to do anything right. You know, you hope that it doesn't get to that point. But I'm, I'm with you, Heather. And it's like if, if you bring in a, a player for a particular skill set, then put that player in that skill set. What is all the moving around stuff all the time? Yeah. Like when they're very young, you can kind of, you know, cause you're not fully developed again. There's really no natural anything. Nobody knew how to skate or play hockey. And that's what you naturally ended up developing into. And yeah, there are times like you might take a young kid, like how many centers does the NHL need? So sometimes you got to take a center and make them a left wing to give them a shot or whatever to go forward. Um, but yeah, then there are times where you're just like, 
Like every time I see coil on a wing, I just know that Mark, I also don't like Sean Corrali. I feel like feels more comfortable too in the middle. I feel like he gets discombobulated when you move him out of his spot too far too, which is fine because you're really good at the spot you're at. You know what I mean? I, yeah. Sometimes that a necessity. I, that's the first, you know what I mean? That I said, I just want to no, say. No, you said probably a half a dozen. Just to let okay, you know. Well, I can't keep track. I can't even think of my brain right I'm now. I'm going to get the ticker realize. out. Every time you do it, ding. Okay, go ahead. You're the one who will be annoyed by that and want to edit that sound out. So have at it. I bet that you quit doing that before I quit saying you know what I mean. Uh, but in fairness to my brain today, I can't be responsible enough to try and not say it. But I just realized I skipped a kind of important topic to flip back to. So that can be next on our agenda. And that is... Is this defense better without some of the players that are still here? Obviously, Chara and Krug are the main guys. I don't know who else would that would be. You know what I mean? Uh, even, I guess, um, specifically Chara and Krug on the back end of the defense. But also, I guess you could make that argument. Uh, Nordstrom was a big, like, PK guy. You know what I mean? And yeah. defensive player for us. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, guys? Is it better with the changes, or do you think it's just kind of still a good team, just in a different form? You know, what are your thoughts on this team? I, I think it's still TBD, to be to be perfectly honest with you. You know, I think um, we're maybe a quarter of the way through the season, and for me personally, it's really hard for me to say that you're better defensively without the Dano Chara. You know, the the guy is, you know, he's he's going to be a Hall of Fame player. And while these younger players have done much better than I expected them to do, particularly on the PK, because I believe the Bruins have one of the best PKs um, in the league. I, I, I think they may have faltered a bit the last couple of games. But, I, you know, I'm still like, let me wait and see because I think I need a bit of a bigger sample size at this at this point. Maybe that's you know a chicken shit way of answering your question, but that's what I'm going with. Yeah, I'm the, I'm kind of in the same boat. It's I I'm I'm happy with the product I'm seeing right now with the insertion of these young players, but I I want to see more. You know, let's get three quarters of a way into the season, right around that trade deadline marker. Let's use that as the benchmark right there to see what we have now and if we still need to address it later. Uh, much like Maria said, TBD, absolutely. Um, but I'm, I'm, you guys know that I'm a, a big youth guy. I like, I like getting um, players involved when they should be. Uh, and departures happen, so the, this, this just creates uh, opportunities for you know uh, players to come up and tr- improve it. And show that they belong in the league and, and evaluate for uh, future, you know, contracts. So uh, I like what I'm seeing so far. But I do understand that, you know, having Chara and his leadership around is a big hole that is being left right now. But I think that this is a good opportunity for somebody to take that tutelage that Chara gave passed down into a player like Charlie McAvoy, who's, who's really looking like a leader on the back end and really, you know, taking... Uh, that in stride, uh, you know, in small doses, but you can see that his game is picking up. And, um, you know, if anything, you can thank Chara for, uh, for some of the stuff that he's doing right now. 
not like a better defense, but it's a good defense and a lot better than I thought it was going to be. It's just a different defense. You know what I mean? It's getting used to the new players. It's the younger players have bumped up them getting used to it. I, but my big thing is exactly what you said. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to like ring the championship bell with 13 games. Am I super happy that they played as well as they have Kevin Miller still? I I didn't know it'd be Grizz the one getting hurt, but it turns out he's the injured defenseman this year. Right. Going in. Zaboral and Lozon, like that's part of why I put Lozon on there instead of Zaboral, even though I, you know, I mean, I don't prefer one to another, but I like Zaboral, as I've said in the past, but because Lozon has had to walk in and be on the top pairing, you literally replace the Dano Chara guy, like literally replace the Dano Chara. That's a lot of pressure. My concern though is in the long run, even in a shortened season and going through the grind of the playoffs. And it's again, no young kids fall, but we are going to, if by trade deadline, you can't still be just a good defense. You're going to have to be a defense that can ultimately take out another really top-notch team that doesn't have a better defense than you. So if necessary, like you said, I'm waiting to see. If they're looking spectacular, the kids keep blooming, everything's wonderful, I'm all about saving the money till the offseason to get a player, you know, in the offseason and just let it ride. But if it starts to look struggly, as our defense does, the dominoes start falling. One guy gets hurt. The other guy gets hurt, usually the week before playoffs. You know, it's the domino effect. Then we've got to, though, people are going to have to not be upset. It's going to be painful. But in order to get something that we really, really need to really, like we talk about, get that defenseman that's young enough to still be like headstrong bull, you know, but experienced enough to not mess it all up because they don't have enough experience. If we can go get one of those guys even if it's just to help the kids, because we don't know how exhausted. But again, maybe they can handle it just fine. But it's a wait and see still. We're early, even though we've played like a 20, 120th of the season. Yeah. It's all right. They're playing well. The Islanders. Yeah, I think are, we're at the quarter mark. Yeah. You, you got to be able to beat the Islanders, though, in the long run. Yeah, I'm not judging by yesterday. I'm just saying these are the teams that, in the end, if you need to go get somebody to maybe to help the young guys out that we have to do too. So that was in there, but you added a topic inadvertently. Let's talk about Charlie McAvoy because now people are like, should he be in Norris consideration? Let's um, let's take this on the other side of the break. Um, well, let's right. hear from, uh, yeah. So pick this up. Heather, remind me, uh, we'll be right back. We're going to hear from, this is a, the halfway point of the show. So this is the time that we bring in Bruce Sullivan of Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. This is the place where I get all the hand-signed jerseys for from current players and alumni players for our Patreon listener giveaways. And uh, if you want to be a, a member there, please go to patreon.com slash Podcast. Donate $1 per episode. And we are giving away, like I said at the beginning of the show, a hand-signed Jerry Cheever's Hall of Fame Boston Bruins jersey today. So stay tuned in another hour. But let's hear some from Bruce Sullivan and hear the, the great things that he has uh, for sale in his private collection. Uh, he has players, uh, former players like Terry O'Reilly, Jerry Chivas, and everything come to, I believe, his um, house and, and sit and do a, a private signing and so on. Obviously, health, health, um, healthy uh, situations and so on with the COVID. So, um, yeah, he, and Bruce is a good guy. So follow the Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia uh, company on Facebook and uh, send them an email if you want to get 
updates on what he has available in his hand sign inventory and other great memorabilia from all New England sports. So we'll be right back. Hello, Bruins fans. This is Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our black and gold memorabilia moment of the week. This week, we are featuring a pair of Bobby Orr autographed items which captured the most iconic moment in Boston sports history. First, Bobby's flying goal, 22 by 26 inch autograph special edition photo display. It features custom suede matting and framing, yours for just $279. And Bobby's special edition commemorative puck with autographed spoked number four on the front and the flying goal on the back for just $139 delivered. If you're a Brad Marchand fan, we have a gorgeous 16 by 20 Stanley Cup Championship Special Edition dual signed by both Brad Marchand and Seidenberg for $149. Or choose from the dozens of photo displays from our exclusive Terry O'Reilly Legend Collection including your choice of 16 by 20 autographed special editions for just 99 bucks. For more information on our dozens of Bruins hand-signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! Hey, Bruins fans, we're back. We just heard from the awesome Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Again, folks, try uh, get in touch with him. Follow his Facebook page and because uh, he's got some really good deals from, uh, from players from uh, the present uh, to the past. So, Heather, we are back. I, I know you wanted to touch on some Charlie McAvoy stuff, so let's do it. Yeah, so, um, I mean, we've always said that we want him to be a Norris contender and that he will probably win some point in his career. But do you think he's off to a start to be a serious contender this year? He started on the NHL's top defenseman, you know, player list. He was one of the, like, five players, whatever we had on the list. I know that lists don't really mean anything, but that means he's got attention from the league if he's on the NHL network list, right? And point-wise, you can't argue he's doing what we know he can be. I don't buy that Chara was holding him down. I think it's more he's 24 now and he's finally... Like we say, this is when defensemen start really getting into their own. They learn the game. They figured out how to balance their offense and their defense, especially a player like McAvoy because he's a you know two-way player. Uh, just any thoughts on Charlie McAvoy? What do you guys think? Do you think he could be a serious contender if he continues on this tear for the Norris Trophy? I'm going to preface this by saying I love Charlie McAvoy. Love, love, love the kid. And I wanted nothing but to see the training wheels come off so that this kid could blossom and grow into the elite defenseman that he was touted to be all of those years that you know we were watching him play at, at BU. However, I still think he's got a little bit of growth left before we start talking about Norris trophies or, or other awards. He, he's He's, he's coming into his own. He's stepping into his own. Um, 
But I think before we start talking, you know, like, you know, I'm looking at a list here of, of defensemen um, in the NHL, you know, the, the Provorov kid from the Flyers, uh, you know, Eric Carlson, Victor Hedman. I, I think Charlie's, Charlie's got a little bit of a way to go um, before we kind of move him into that, that company, so to speak. I can definitely agree with that. I mean, it's good to have the notoriety that you're you're one of the considered one of the better defensemen in the league in these rankings and so on. But yeah, I think it's a little premature right now to let's let's you know call a Norris or or get there. Um, it, who knows? I mean, there's still a ton of hockey to go. Uh, it could happen, but to set the pressure on on a player like that moving forward, I I wouldn't do it. But um, there's a, there's a hefty list of uh, very experienced defensemen in this league that are still playing at a very, very high level. So, uh, the, you know, this, it's it's good company to be in regardless. Yeah, that's how and I you know what? It, it, I want that to motivate him. He needs to be, you know, in my view, he needs to be the defensive leader for the Boston Bruins. And if he wants to take a look at this list and say, what do I need to do to elevate myself to be in the same company as, you know, the Brent Burnses and the Alex Petrangelos and Roman Yossi and Victor Hedman, you go, guy. You do what you got to do to get yourself there. That's a, I, I don't think he's going to win it this year, but it's nice to see him blossoming and relaxing. We always talk about, like, he he – maybe he's had a hard time reconciling. Should he be playing more defensive? Should he be shooting the puck more? What should he do? And he seems to have found his stride a little more. He's taken on, I mean, he's always played good amount of minutes, but he's taken on more minutes now because he is the top guy now on the defense in essence, by default, you know, whether he wants to be or not. And, but it's nice to see his ceiling starting to, you know, he's starting to grow to the ceiling that we think that he may someday meet or blow away. But there's nothing wrong with being in the conversation. I was saying even like playing against John Carlson on Washington, he's a great player for McAvoy to watch how to be an offensive powerhouse, but also not be a defensive liability. Like you don't have to have one or the other. A Roman Yossi's of the world, all of them. Roman Yossi. I was like, that came out weird. I thought I was going to say Roman Reigns for a little minute. Sorry, <laughs> Rain. But um, yeah, I just want to talk about McAvoy. But um, I also, can we talk about this goaltending? Because as much as I understand the big controversy this week is me not loving Nick Ritchie the way everyone else does, I'm more concerned that this fan base still does not understand how awesome and how blessed we are to have this goaltending tandem. Yarrow has played all situations. He's had a long career. He's been the starter, the backup, the backup starter, like, you know, all the different situations. And Tuka is Tuka. And even if you hate him, you can't say he's not an elite goaltender. And when you do, you're lying. So what do you guys think? Let's call out the Boston Bruins fan base and let's call a spade a spade. There, there's a group of people, fans, who suffer from Tukaras derangement syndrome. And it doesn't matter. It, it, at this point in Tuka's career, it, 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 at this point of a fan base, it doesn't matter what Tuka does. Even if the guy hoists the Stanley Cup over his head, this group of people will say, well, yeah, they did it despite Tuca. And 
I don't think Heather were ever going to get past this tandem being given its just due because part of the tandem consists of Tuka Rask, fairly or unfairly. It's just not going to happen. And, you, you know, you hear about um, guys on the NHL network talk about this tandem all the time. It is still referred to as the best goaltending tandem in the league. Um, Mark, what do you think? I know we can't convert the Tuca haters because there is, uh, I love that uh, Tuca derangement syndrome because I really think, uh, you know, you're right. He could hoist the cup and they'll be like, well, he should have done it in five games. Like, I don't know. There'll always be an issue, you know, whatever. Um, but Mark, how do you feel about it? Like it, we are blessed, are we not? Like, I know you love the goaltending and you love Tuca, but Yarrow too, right? Talk about it. Yeah, it's, a, it's I, I don't get the narrative either. It's just people just love hating, um, you know. I don't know. Uh, I, I feel very comfortable with who we have in net uh, on a year-to-year basis. It's not like it was in the back in the day when you had a revolving uh, door in the crease with John Casey and the Byron Defoe's and blah, blah, blah. You have something solid right now, something to seriously work on, and be happy about it. Be happy about the success that this certain individual's having as a human being. He's the, he's the leader in all statistics when it comes to uh, crease time in in the Boston Bruins organization. So, um, I don't know. I'm. It's getting old talking about it, but you know, because we we're not going to change anybody's mind. So, yeah, I, you know, I I just I just wish that the the fan base who has this narrative about Tuca would just look honestly and objectively at goaltending across the league and issues that other teams have had across the league. And the fact that, you know, we've had the luxury of having this, you know, consistent tandem and this consistent display, consistent display of, um, you know, solid, solid goaltending. Yeah. Does, does he have brain farts on occasion? Yes, he does. Who doesn't have brain farts on occasion? But, you know, what I always say is be careful what you wish for, folks. Be careful what you wish for. Because isn't it better to have the known than the unknown at this point? And clearly the organization has made this commitment to this particular player and has decided they want to ride this particular player out. But the guys in that room seem committed to this particular player. Who are we? Who are we to make any determinations beyond that? Right? I, I don't know. I, I get tired of, of defending him, and it seems like I'm defending him, but I have been critical of him as well. When he doesn't have a good game, right? I'm going to let you know that he doesn't have a good game. But I think the same criticism needs to also be leveled at Halak as well. You know, there have been instances where both goalies have been up and both goalies have been down. It, it happens. But to, to dump it all on one individual all the time, you know, seems to me a, a bit, you know, maybe closed-minded. I think, too, that, um, like, we remember the struggle of goaltending. I mean, we went, like, many years with every year having a different goalie or a goalie that, like, we had but maybe necessarily wasn't here as long. Like, we've had plenty of good goaltending come through here, but not, like, 
spectacular goaltending. Do you know what I mean? In the last 20, 10 years, we've been very spoiled, right? Tim Thomas played his ass off, you know, stood on his head. Tuka Rask has been great and consistent. We've had decent backups with Hudobin. And so, you know, Manny, and we can even go back with Manny, uh, you know, with Timmy. And, like, I think that's part of what it is. Like, I don't think people remember going through Byron Defoe, again, no offense, and uh, when, you know, Blaine Lockett was going to be our goaltender of the future and shit like that. Like, people I don't think remember that. Do you know what I mean? Just, like, they don't remember when we used to have a lot of, like, good teams, but, like, not real competitive on the overall. We had some superstars, and we could win games, but we weren't winning cups, you know, kind of thing. And I think that's part of it. I don't I don't know. I think it's maybe you just get sucked into your own market, and you don't live outside your – you don't see that even when – I agree with you. I'm all for criticizing the player. You know, like if Tuka had a bad game and there are things to criticize, criticize that. But you don't have to for 35 years remind Tuka Rask how he let up that one soft goal in the second period versus Philadelphia in 2009 or whatever, you know, just making up stuff. But you know what I mean? So <laughs> just kidding. I did that one on purpose just to annoy you, Mark. So anyways, he's, he's not entertained. <laughs> all right. <laughs> All right, so Willie O'Ree, um, he was going to have his number retired uh, this month, but they pushed it back to next year on the anniversary of his first game. So now he will have the rafter. It will go up in 2022, which is obviously fitting as he is Willie O'Ree and the 22 going up there. So that's just a little update on that. Um, Mark, why don't you tell us about this uh, possible BNG live hockey podcast of regular game at uh, this place in Newburyport? I I got in touch with somebody that works at a certain restaurant. There's details that are coming forth, um, so we're still hashing things out. I want to make sure it's done safely, and I want to make sure it's done in a time where we're all kind of getting all vaccinated and so on because I'm still panicked to go outside of my house or uh, I pretty much go to work and go home every day. So that's my life. But once we get back to a little bit more normalcy, this uh, restaurant in the report, Massachusetts has reached out and they want us to do a live program there. So uh, that's going to be in the works. I'm not going to say the restaurant yet, but it's just something that we we'd love to do. It's close by. We support local. And um, so that's just something I wanted to bring up, but Stay tuned for something like that. I think this is going to be something that's going to be involved with people. So it might be at a time later on in the year, maybe towards the end of the season, uh, when people can actually come and enjoy the uh, the a game and so on. But we'll, uh, we'll we'll have details further. Well, luckily the season doesn't even end till May, so here's hoping that most you know what I mean. Yeah. Most people have had access that can get them to the vaccine by then still early but i feel like once we get it right this is gonna pop off and everyone should be all right personally i'm expecting one around my birthday in june so there you go. that's just how i i fall on the list <laughs> it'll be you know and they're like yeah but mo- some of us won't get them until the summer and i'm all right with that because not i'm not afraid to leave my house but i also certainly as you should be limiting the amount of time you spend outside of your immediate place right yeah so that's good um all right so now we have a couple we we don't try to get or whatever. We just want to get the word out uh, about important things. Um, so another reminder, AJ's Army to benefit AJ Quita. And um, you can go AJ's Army.com. They're selling awesome T-shirts. It's got like 
the clover for uh, Bishop Fian and the school that he played for and attended. And it's got like the lacrosse and the hockey stick. And so if you want to support that, um, you have an update on uh, Cadence Crusaders that you started talking about, the um, Terry O'Reilly. Is that what it was, Mark? Yeah, I, I got a jersey, bought a jersey, uh, hand-signed jersey from Terry O'Reilly. It's really nice. But this one I bought specifically for a reason, for, as a fundraiser for – because Heather and I are from the Amesbury, Massachusetts area, and 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 Cadence uh, Crusaders uh, physically touched us because uh, we know the people that were involved. It's um so we're doing a fundraiser to help uh, spread awareness of pediatric cancer, and um, we're working with them. I'm actually having lunch with one of the ma main members tomorrow, and we're gonna talk about further. But there will be an article out for people to share. There will be a video out for so I can uh, show. Uh, uh, images of Terry O'Reilly signing the jersey and so on. We're going to set a number. Um, and once, uh, like, let's just say, for instance, if I'm picking $10, if you want to donate more than $10, that is absolutely well and good. And we certainly appreciate that. But that does not increase your chances on winning the jersey. Every 10, one donation, it goes as an entry. And then we'll draw at the end of, I think we're going to do possibly a month and a half, possibly two months to maximize the availability of everybody donating and so on. And then we'll, it's a hundred percent on nonprofit. So uh, we're going to give that money to them and just uh, as a, just supporting a local cause and a good cause in that. So I think it's important. And if you'd like more um, information, uh, you can go to Cadence Crusaders. They have a great Facebook site about events and things like that. If you'd like more information uh unfortunately this is another third one but um again if you're looking to support um things uh speaking of childhood cancer sarah duvall who's from andover a young hockey player 11 years old um she also skated for the north shore vipers which is one of the select teams i think there's their select team but i don't know exactly what they fall you know what they fall under um but she passed away from leukemia and her friends and family and everyone has started a fund uh, a scholarship fund so that girls from Andover in the area can continue to have access to do things that she loved to dream and to keep inspiring uh, young girls to dream big and uh, which is a great legacy to leave. You know, I don't want to get sad, but it's always sad, you know, Kate. Yep. And every time I think about that and you go down it, but um, so if you would like to, they're also doing a hashtag Sarah strong. If you want more information, you can find it. I'm sure on all the social media, but there is a GoFundMe uh, to support the scholarship. So please do that if you can, if you want to, if you will, if you can. Uh, and that's those three things. Um, is there anything else you guys can think of big topics before we do hashtag ask me? I feel like it was a quieter week. We've had a couple of really yeah. jam packed weeks no. and this week, not so much. I'm good. So we only have a couple hashtag ask BNGs. Oh, that's the wrong one. That was my phone. So, um, mm -hmm. Clovis Roy, who always gives us great questions, thank you as always, Clovis, asks, when uh, Kasha gets healthy, do we play him for a couple games and cross our – or cut our losses – sorry, let me start that again. When Kasha gets healthy, do we play him for a couple games and cut our losses or keep him and cross our fingers? Thank you, Clovis. I'm sorry I messed up your question. I, I don't I don't know I'm not a big Kasha guy so um, I if if there's players playing better than him right now I'd pl go with them don't fix what's not broken mm -hmm. yeah I'm I'm out on Kasha I'm I'm, I'm out. O U T out 
I, you know, I, I have yet to see the value add um, of having this player in the lineup. And, you know, you can say, well, how do you know that, Maria? Because you haven't really seen him play. But I, I'm with you, Mark. You know, I, I, I think when players are playing well and you've got a lineup that's working for you, I, I don't think that a player should get his or her spot back just because they're coming back from, from an injury. I, that's just my mindset. And particularly, you know, this player, you haven't shown me anything, even in the, the, the short period of time that we've had an opportunity to watch you out there on, on the ice. So um, I, I'm like, I'm out at this juncture. I could go either way with Kasha. He's another player. Like, have I even seen enough of him? To, I mean, I think he should be scoring more. I mean, there is a concern. He is the player that can produce a lot of looks like got a, you know, chances and stuff. And like, he does some things right. What I've seen of him, but the offensive side is not what we're looking for on the right side for David Krejci. If that's going to be insistent on where they want to keep him, if he can come back, but to also be, I agree with that. Uh, Maria about not just earning a spot. Like I feel like Matt Grizzly coming back and having his spot is different than Andre Kasha has earned his spot just because he was traded for, you know, but the real, yeah. like we said last year is uh, last week is that, but certain players are getting played to be in this lineup. So you got to kind of play him too, to even try to maybe dump him somewhere or, or whatever, you know, make the threshold to get rid of him in the, in the draft or whatever. I don't know. You know, so that's just, that let, one, let him but, go to the Kraken. <laughs> yeah. Send him to the Kraken. Release him on the Kraken. No, okay, that was weird. Oh, I just shut my thing off. Sorry about that. We have one from uh, Nanook. The bitch says, a good start by the Bruins with a young team, especially the D, and teams playing many times, eight, not three or four in a season. Things can change quickly. Teams can uh, teams change uh, approaches, and they learn about their opposition players. Are you worried about some of the young players getting found out? I, I don't believe so. I think this is r the right track track that this Boston Bruins organization is going on with the insertion of these younger players. And this is audition years for them. So if it's not working out, like I said in previous podcasts, use the effective cap space to hammer your needs. If you want experienced uh, defensemen, hammer it with a, a $38 million cap space you're going to have next season. If you want to get that sniper, hammer it in the offseason with the available cap space. Um, but if you're going to believe in your youth and you love what you see in these auditions, then address that appropriately. But I like the way that the youth is working so far. And, you know, the, the added benefit to the infusion of youth when you talk about cap space or future needs is you're also giving these players an opportunity to showcase themselves for themselves and for the organization. So, you know, if, if, if there's a glaring need, um, which, you know, every team has a glaring need at the end of a season, no matter, you know, how well you play or whether or not you hoist the Stanley Cup, then you've got tangible assets organization and, and have potential value to other teams. I feel like they've probably, for who are playing, have seen them enough. They kind of know what's happening with the young kids. So for them being found out, I also think that the kids have shown um, – they want to be sponges, whether that's to eventually keep their spots in the roster, you know what I mean? And not just because of the crazy situation have ended up there, some of them. Uh, but no, I mean, 
it is what it is. They're young players. I mean, they have footage. They can look at Providence Bruin tapes if they really want to see what these players look like. And they have 14 games of some of the young players now to look at so far. I mean, I think it's actually, I like I said last year, I think it's a blessing that they only have to play the same eight teams because they know their opponent better that way. There's not as many people to have to know or have to play. And then you deal with that once you get into the later rounds, if you get to in the playoffs. But between now and the first two rounds of the playoffs, you're only worrying about opponents in your division. So I actually think that's good for these kids in a shortened season. Some of them are under fire. They've risen to the occasion. But um, yeah, that's just that. Well, thank you. Those are the hashtag AskBNGs for this week. As always, please send us questions because it gives us something to talk about. Uh, and that's it. Mark, you had this week in Bruins history? No, not this week. We're going to rush right through the, uh, the, the latter part of this because we got things that need to happen um um so uh please uh check out the black and website for all we, we post daily articles sometimes five five six seven eight nine ten articles a day um but it's good content uh, from a great team uh, and check out the podcast network we have a podcast network over there with a lot of nine programs right now we're looking to add one more um soon so that's gonna be exciting to get 10 finally um and um, I'll do StreamYard. We'll do that on uh, Tuesdays with the boys from the Dump and Change guys. And I'll still be doing live streams of Providence Bruins games. If you want to stop in the live stream, ask some questions, whether they're Boston Bruins NHL or uh, Providence Bruins AHL related. I'm available. And it's a lot of fun. Um, and, and they seem to be gaining uh, some more notoriety, I guess. Um, but um, we might as well get to our Patreon winners this week and we're going to do a signed puck and this week's winner is ashley loisel she's a friend of mine on facebook and she's a great contributor so i really appreciate that i'll get that puck out to you as soon as possible and the hand signed jersey the jerry Cheevers boston bruins hand signed jersey hall of fame is scripted all that goes to mr john vaughn and uh, john's a family member of the uh, uh, Mike Vaughn, who does the uh, uh, Scuttlepuck podcast with Dale Hood and so on, they do a fantastic job. So congratulations. I know John's a diehard Bruins fan, and Mike can't stand it because he's an Oilers fan and a previous uh, a Montreal Canadian fan. So it's good to have uh, some uh, animosity in that family. But congratulations to John. Thank you so much <laughs> for your contribution. We certainly appreciate that. And speaking of contributions... I want to thank personally thank Miss uh, Maria from Watertown. Thank you so much for the time today, and as always, your interaction on Twitter. Thank you for sharing and retweeting all of our stuff. You are an amazing person, and I just want to thank you so much for your time. Well, it works both ways. I, I appreciate the uh, the opportunity and uh, giving me, you know, a nice, uh, a much needed diversion and uh, start uh, getting back into something that. Um, I'm truly, truly passionate about, which is, is the Boston Bruins and, and hockey in general. So I had a blast today, despite uh, despite the uh, unanticipated interruption of a fire alarm in my house. But uh, thanks for your patience with that, too. No, no problem at all. The power of editing, my friend. Just another day at the Black and Gold <laughs> Podcast. What? 
<laughs> no, seriously, thank you so much, Maria. And you know, it's open invite kit. If you have time and you can hang with us, you just let us know. Absolutely. Always, we love having you and you Welcome really to, are. Yeah, I'll be glad to join at, at any time. Let, let's hope uh, Let's hope there's a game to uh, talk about on the 18th here. Yeah. Yes, exactly. 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 But anyway, I'm host of the Black Girl Hockey Podcast, Mark Allred. That is Heather Ingerson, and she is Maria from Watertown. She calls into 98.5, the Sports Hub, all the time and is a preferred uh, caller. And uh, we appreciate her knowledge and her time today. But we also appreciate the time and the knowledge um, from the smart listeners out there and viewers on YouTube and so on. Thank you for all the support, all the shares, the retweets. You guys are amazing. And you uh, keep this uh, black and gold train running. But for everybody here right now on the on the platform, I want to say thanks again. And we will talk to you soon. Uh, go Bruins. Peace out. Be safe. Wear a mask. Do all that healthy stuff. Let's get back to normalcy sometime soon. But uh, take care, everybody. Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family, and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.